Welcome to Salam Nerds Podcast. We do reviews and recaps of your favorite movies and shows. We focus on representation and the voices that are ignored. Yo, 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 it's the Salam Nerds. My name is Lee, a.k.a. We drop live episodes on YouTube on Sundays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays at 10.30 p.m. Eastern. All episodes can also be found everywhere podcasts are found. Thank you to all our supporters. Please help us by subscribing and leaving a good review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yo, 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 salam, nerds. It's your boy, Neeps, a.k.a. Watch with Neeps. And I'm here with Carlos from Agents of Fandom. Hey, what's going on, Carlos? Hey, what's up, Neeps? Glad good, to be good. here. Good, Thanks for being here, man. I'm excited to go over uh, Blue Beetle with you. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I feel like this is my time. This is my time to make the rounds on the podcast. It's like. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, we're happy to have you. Uh, some of you guys might notice that Jazz is not here. Unfortunately, Jazz, Jazz, uh, his cat passed away, sadly. So RIP Scooter. So, so Jazz needs, you know, he needs to take some time. But send him some love. Send him some nice tweets and stuff. He'll, he'll appreciate it. But uh, hopefully, you know, uh, Carlos can pick up the slack, man. We're hoping, uh, hoping that you'll bring some uh, lots of knowledge for this uh, episode because this movie's got a lot of references that went <laughs> over my head, <laughs> which, which, I, which I love because I was in a theater with a predominantly like I'm from Jersey. So, you know, we got we got a, a lot of diversity. So sure. I was in a theater with a prominently Spanish speaking crowd. Okay. And they were laughing at a lot of things that I didn't understand. So I'm really looking forward to diving into this. Yeah, and I so I'm um the background on me. I'm Puerto Rican. So while I there are references that I do get, like I did not grow up in a Mexican household. I did marry a Mexican woman and am raising two very half Mexican children. So I I'll I'll be there for some of the references, but even some of that stuff probably went over my head. Just yeah, yeah. The you know the differences. I had to look them up afterwards, which was which was <laughs> fun. Which was it's fun to look some of this stuff up. But uh, it's really cool. What do you know about Blue Beetle? Were you uh, interested in Blue Beetle before the movie came out? Um, so all I knew really going in was that there was a Blue Beetle, uh, mm-hmm. a Ted Cord Blue Beetle, the classic Blue Beetle and Booster Gold, right. Um, and I, I knew that there was like a new version of Blue Beetle, uh, Jaime, who had been around for a while um, and was kind of sort of Miles Morales-ish. Like, we're going to give him a legacy, uh, you know, uh, mantle. He, he will be the new Blue Beetle. But it's this is a completely different uh, character and a different take on it. And I knew that he was younger, like Spider-Man age. Um mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of like, I would say that I knew that the origins were different. I knew that there was an alien aspect to this Blue Beetle, whereas the other Blue Beetle didn't get the alien uh, tech like that. So, oh, he, yeah, he was just a man in a suit. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, he's kind of like uh, Adam West Batman or something. And, and this is like uh, alien Iron Man. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. 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 It definitely does feel like the nanotech and stuff when you see the costume. Oh, yeah, for sure. So for me, like I knew Jaime Reyes before I knew Ted Cord because I was a fan of the uh, first of all, like you see seen him in Smallville. 
Uh, that's where he first popped up. Then you see him in Young Justice. Uh, and I think probably even Justice League Unlimited, he may have been in an episode. So you get to see him in a few places. So I was actually more familiar with him than I was with Ted Kord. I do I did know about Ted Kord and Booster Gold. I knew they had these adventures, but I never like read any of their comics or did any of that stuff. Right. So it was it was cool to see because Jaime plays a really important part in the Young Justice storyline with mm. the Reach, right? They're the, uh, one of the bad guys. It's a, it's a big storyline uh, that involves him. So I got to know a lot about his character from uh, Young Justice, which, you know, great show, great show. So I don't know. This was really, really cool. Um, before we get into spoilers, like, I just want to give my overall thoughts and then you can give your overall thoughts of the episode. But I really enjoyed this. It was a fun, low stakes, uh, very enjoyable, very heartwarming, very like, you know, uh, you, it just gets you in the heart kind of movie. And I really liked it. It had a lot of similarities to Miss Marvel, it, 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 which, I, which I really, really liked. And it's one of those things where like, all of us immigrants really have the same story when you get down to it. Yep. <laughs> like, I think like you and me both talked about this a few times yep. and I noticed so many things to the point where like, you know, like they followed the Miss Marvel formula, which I think it's great. I think everyone should to, like, if you have a show about a Muslim Pakistani girl, you hire Muslim Pakistani actors, directors, writers, all that stuff. And that's exactly what they did. They followed the same formula and it was successful. It was authentic and people really, really enjoyed it. Um, I have not seen too many people who are of, uh, you know, Spanish speaking or, you know, Latino or Mexican that have complained about it. They thought the representation was, was spot on and, mm -hmm. It was really, really good. If they say spot on, then I, I'm, who am I to say anything, right? So it's perfect. So I definitely like that. Um, I think more shows and movies do that. You know, trust in people to to do the writing and the directing and all of that stuff. Uh, if it's their story to tell, I, I think that's very important. And because of that, I think this movie is great. Uh, unfortunately, just really terrible timing with the strike. Because yeah enough promotion and it hasn't been doing well uh but i think this might be a slow burn man they're like there are movies like instrumental uh not elementals elemental yeah. sorry elementals that kind of had a small like you know opening and then it just kind of snuck up on you but i don't know if that's going to happen with blue beetle because i hear it's coming out on streaming really soon so like they're not giving it enough chances to kind of really like pick up the space. And I feel like that's a mistake on the streaming service and, and uh, you know, WB and HBO more than it is the fault of Blue Beetle. Cause I think this character is fantastic. I think it was gr a great movie. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing more of him in the DCU. Uh, mm -hmm. Hopefully we get, um, honestly, this may be, Probably my top three of the DC movies is up there. It's tied with Shazam, the first one, I think. Mm -hmm. There it is for me, I think. Uh, maybe if I watch it one more time, it might be even more. So definitely really, really enjoy this movie. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, so I'm, I'm in very much the same boat. Um, this movie felt throwback to like... This movie would have been perfect in like 2007, like yeah. 2007, 2008. It feels like a phase one Marvel movie mm -hmm. um, in the best way. Uh, I Yeah, I was, um, I feel like the, as with Miss Marvel, like the more specific you get into a culture, the more universal it'll feel, which yeah. feels, feels counterintuitive. But, um, you know, like, like I was scared that they were going to do like the, sort of uh jaime the reyes family is just latino and we're not going to go we're not going to know which country you know they, mm. they they emanate from but they very specifically said like we're mexican it's like okay great right. like let's let's see that then and i think it's authentic i think i think it really um it really plays I, you can tell that there were mexicans on set 
you can tell that there were people going, that's not what we would do. Or that's, you know, we would, we would be watching this show. We wouldn't be watching that show, you know, things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it feels very authentic. And I, and I think that's what people are picking up on the most, you know, bringing that out of the theater with them is like, this was a family, this was a cultural, you know, experience um, as a movie, as like a pure, like story. It's not like, you know, it's not, it's not, you know, changing the world. It's not breaking right. the wheel. Um, Most stakes. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. I, I would say that um, for the, if we're including it with the DCEU, then mm-hmm. I do think that it's in my top, definitely in my top like three or four. Um, I probably, it's, it's up there with Shazam. I probably give Shazam the edge a little bit, but it's, it's in that ballpark. It's not in the, you know, it's not in the the flash ballpark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so it's in the right ballpark. Um, and I am true. also excited to see what they do going forward because I think they very deftly avoided tying themselves to any cinematic universe. They were just yeah. like, other superheroes exist and we're not going to tell you who's playing them because we're not sure. Yeah, we have yeah. no idea what we're doing. Right, exactly. So, I totally get that. That that makes a lot of sense. So I am super excited, and I'm ready to break down this movie with you, man. You ready? Yeah, let's <laughs> let's All go. Right. Yeah. All right, man. So we're going to take our first commercial break, and as soon as we come back, we are going to break down the movie and recap it, and then maybe at the end, go through some Easter eggs. So we'll be back right after these messages. And we're back, guys. Thank you guys for joining us. All right. I am here with Carlos from Agents of Fandom, and we are going uh, over Blue Beetle. So let's get into it, man. This movie starts off with uh, Carapac and Core Industries, um, and they are in the Arctic right now, and they are looking for something. And they seem to have found it. And what they mention is Prometheum like that which is the dc universe's version of vibranium uh which i thought was really really cool and they had said that something in space had knocked it off course to come to earth and it was a green light let's go green light and they have confirmed that that green light was a green lantern so we don't know which green lantern but a green lantern uh which was really really cool so Definitely, definitely likes uh, like that. Um, there were cool little Easter eggs in the beginning where they showed like newspapers. They mentioned uh, Dan Garrett and Ted Kord. So, you know, Dan Garrett was the original Blue Beetle and then Ted Kord took over and then we get Jaime Reyes, right? So it's a little bit of all that, which I thought was really cool. So the episode starts off with, we see Jaime Reyes coming out from the airport. He just graduated. Uh, and he is doing pre-law, and his family comes and meets him at the airport. Now, I think like that alone just set the the tone for it, because the way his family just showed up at the airport with all these signs and they're so happy to meet him was pretty awesome. <laughs> Carlos, so what do you think of the beginning of the movie? Uh, so I loved the the scarab flying like that. That whole sequence was great. Like when it flies through a moon and like it yeah. explodes incredible that was that was awesome um and i love that i i missed that a green lantern knocked it off course until you know i was on twitter the you know a few days later um that's all great uh in terms of like family meeting him at the airport before before like 9 11 when you could actually like meet someone like at the terminal terminal like i was (laughs) definitely I was definitely a member of those parties that were like, oh, my mom's uncle is is moving to Chicago from Puerto Rico and we're all gonna go and greet him at at the terminal, like as he's deboarding, you know. Yeah. Um, so that yeah, that that felt very I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> this all tracks. And not that not that Jaime was like away at war. He went to college. Right. <laughs> he's probably been coming home for holidays. Like it's not it hasn't been probably more than a few months since I've seen him. That's so true, man. I, I feel like that too. I remember once, uh, so like I lived in, in Newark for a while and there was like a little community there. Uh, and then I moved for one year to Arizona and I think like a good 20 people when it came to the airport with us to send us off. It was, it was pretty ridiculous back in the nineties. It was, it was wild. 
uh, <laughs> but it's really, really cool. So Jaime land in Palmera, which is supposed to be DC's version of Miami. So mm-hmm. they, they mentioned things like uh, there's special tax cuts here. And, and because of that, like it's uh, hurting the population there. Right. So it's kind of like what's happening. It's industrializing. You see all these big buildings go up and then it kind of turns the neighborhood that Jaime is from into, uh, I don't know, uh, like, what did they call it? Uh, they, they called it something. I forgot what it was, but it became like a little bit offside, a little bit not as nice, right? Yeah. Uh, until white people come and start gentrifying that area too, right? Yeah, it's, such a, <laughs> it's such a great observation. Like like uh, Jaime and his sister are talking, they're like looking over to the skyline and they're like, that's where they live until they want to live here. And then they'll yes. push us out of here. It's like, that's absolutely true. Like Chicago, Chicago is um, specifically like the north side of Chicago is like a tale of every like wealthy neighborhood it used to be a Puerto Rican neighborhood at one point, you know, right. like, like Lincoln Park or Wrigleyville. Oh, yeah. Puerto Rican neighborhoods in the 70s and 80s and in Wicker Park and Logan Square, like all of that. I grew up in Logan Square when it was a bad neighborhood and now it's like a great neighborhood. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that that was a great observation. Like, yeah, that's where they live until they want here and then they'll live here. And that's absolutely true. Yeah, I, I love that scene with him and his sister on the roof. Like you see the neon colors and the neon lights, and it reminded me of when uh, Kamala Khan and, and Bruno were uh, sitting at the in top of the Quickie Mart or whatever sure. they have, right? And he goes, "You're Kamala Khan. If you're going to change the world, you're going to change the world." And then she goes, "You're going to do whatever you want. You're Jaime Reyes, right?" It's kind of yeah. got the same vibe, and I was yeah. like, "Yes, they're follow- following the formula. I love this, and it's like really making me root." For Jaime and then Jaime's like yeah I am and then they go into the scene where Jaime is like the owner of this huge mansion right and it turned out that he is just the help which yeah. I thought was really really funny yes uh scraping um, bubble gum off of like the chairs and yeah yeah and his sister keeps putting gum there so they keep a job that's, so <laughs> that's good funny. that's good stuff Oh man, I thought that was really, really funny. It it cracked me up. I kind of uh, wish that um I kind of wish that Jaime had come off the like one one of my kind of my main like issues with the movie, and it's not it's not a deal breaker by any means. I'm gonna watch this movie a million times. Yeah. But um I kind of wish that Jaime had come like maybe come back from college thinking he's maybe better than his family or thinking mm. he's better than this. Like it I just would have liked more of an arc for him. And it's yeah, like yeah. immediately, like he gets off the plane, his family tells him, here are all our problems. And he's like, all right, let's go solve them. It's yeah. Like, well, okay, but where's the conflict then? Like, we're, you know, like you're not at odds with this at all. You're just like, yeah, we're just going to have to, just going to have to work. And that's what we're going to have to do. And yeah. I just, I just felt like there was an opportunity there to give him something so that near the end when he's like, my, the love of my family is what makes me stronger. Yeah. Like, that would have hit hard if at the beginning he's like i don't need my family like i'm i'm Jaime Reyes. i'm i'm pre-law at gotham yeah so but but overall like i said not a deal breaker i i think i think the reason they didn't go that route is because i just think they didn't have enough time to 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 go through all of that because they wanted it to be like a fun family movie and i think that was one of the reasons where like we got to get people to really like this family and have them get along um but yeah i totally get what you mean that would have been really really cool um also like i don't know what what you can do with a pre-law degree if you don't go to law school (laughs) like it's pre-law for a reason right you can be a pre-lawyer yeah Uh, (laughs) pre-lawyer that's about Uh, it yeah we got some people in the comments uh we got derpy entertainment saying honestly i wish uh this made more money because i thought it was really good and more passable than what we're getting at disney plus mcu shows yeah yeah i i I agree i think it was really really good um i do like how uh they portrayed uh jenny uh jenny Mm -hmm. comes out um smoking and he just (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't sure if we were going to mention that or not yeah yeah i was like okay i was like oh okay who is this (laughs) Mm -hmm, (laughs) interesting mm -hmm. uh and then you know she's fighting with victoria victoria cord who is a sister of ted cord who Mm -hmm. is the main antagonist uh which is another miss marvel reference like the main antagonist is is like this like white lady (laughs) who like (laughs) no one likes yep yep. uh, who kind of works for a government and stuff like that so i thought that was really funny um so she's having a fight with jenny and then jaime decides to stick up for her while his sister's using the bathroom and taking a dump. 
<laughs> and and then you know Jaime sticks up for her, and then her sister comes out, and then they both get fired. Yep, <laughs> immediately. <laughs> immediately, right? I think uh, it's interesting that that uh, that I I'm assuming Jenny Cord is supposed to be half Latina. They say she's half Brazilian and half white. Do they say that in the movie? Like I couldn't yeah. remember. If, okay, okay. I think uh, her sister was looking her up after this oh, okay. particular scene, and she goes, "She's Brazilian." So okay. I was like, "Oh, interesting." So, so that, I thought it was interesting that like Victoria is like, you know, like white white. She's pretty. Yeah, she's white white, but she's also like, she treats the the Latin yeah. help like like they're not people, but his but her niece is. Her, yeah. her favorite niece is is half. It's probably because she's her only niece, probably. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's supposed to be assumed that Ted is is white and yeah. his mother is Brazilian, and then Jenny would be half. But I think the actress is f- full Brazilian. Yeah, she is. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, but they do mention that in in the movie uh, when. Jaime was like stalking her Instagram and then right. her sister kind of goes over her her, her bio data. It's what right, we like right. to call it. Yeah, oh, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. She's getting ready to arrange the I know. The, the match match make. Oh man. All right. And also like Jenny's fit in this uh entire show. She's wearing sweatpants. And I was like, I didn't realize there were sweatpants until these because she's wearing a blazer with them. Yeah. And I'm just like, that must be nice to just work in sweatpants the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah, Bill Simmons has a phrase for that. He calls it pajama rich, where like yeah, you can yeah. just go. He's like, he has season tickets to the Clippers, and he's like, there was some guy who was very wealthy, and he was just there in his pajamas. And he's like, it must be nice to be that wealthy. You can just walk around in your pajamas, and it doesn't yep. matter. Pajama, pajama rich. rich. Yeah. Yep. What's that line from Kanye West? He's like, excuse me, um, oh, like no, excuse me, I'm in PJs because I just got off the PJ, <laughs> like private jet. I've had yeah. to delete all Kanye references in my brain over the past. Uh... You're from Chicago, man. That's hard to do. That's hard. <laughs> I know to do, man. it's so it's so hard to He's do. He's so good. He's so good. But yes, I mean, so like problematic. My early twenties were basically just Kanye soundtrack. But I know my last name is Khan, and I should spell it Khan. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Uh, so Jenny says she's going to get. Um, she's going to get Jaime an internship or some kind of hookup so he gets all dressed up ready to go uh to this interview uh and jenny probably all just forgot about it because she's out there trying to steal the scarab uh and she puts it in like a little burger carton uh and then she gives it to jaime and then jaime runs off with it um and then he takes it home and that's where the fun begins and uh it basically attaches to his face like uh from alien like alien and, yeah yeah, and then it like pushes him up to the ceiling like the thing which was really really crazy um i thought that was really cool the whole transformer you can see like the bl- uh, like the acid or whatever kind of like liquid that was coming out it was coloring all over his face and his eyes it was a little it was a little trippy so uh, yeah i had i had my kids with me and they're they're 12 and 9 yeah but i was like is this is this like too much? Like this is kind of body horror. Like, yeah, are they okay? And they, they were fine. But my my son eats that stuff up. Like he he loves it. But uh, I was like, because this, this is kind of like we're halfway through an exorcism at this point. <laughs> like yes. he's being like flung around the room, and yes. his like skin is burning, and he is in clear pain. Yeah, it's happening. Like it's not a you know it's not like a a, a polite intrusion from yes. the scarab. And I and I love that like. The mom starts praying over to Ryan when that happens. That's so funny. Perfection. Yes, That's exactly. So funny. I yeah. love that. Uh, we got some comments. Michael says, uh, it's rich person at leisure. That's what leisure. it's called. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yes, a little Kanye. Yes. I treat Kanye like post scroll roadie. <laughs> Funny. Yeah, somewhere in a pod, there is a Kanye wearing like a pink polo and a backpack. Me like, what happened? <laughs> yeah, somebody says nobody 3 a.m. George Lopez intro. He is a god in this. George Lopez. I don't know how people feel about Joe Lope, uh, uh, George Lopez. Is is he liked in the in the Hispanic community or is he like not like is he like a Lily Singh where it's like, well, like she's one of us, but like we're not super happy about her. No, George. Lo- I've, I've gone to George Lopez shows that were like bananas they it was like okay. a, like a riot and actually i went to a george lopez show where he got drunk on stage he was doing shots of tequila 
and uh, and he had had a kidney transplant, so this wasn't the best. What? But he got drunk. Yeah, his. I don't know if they're still married or not, but his wife gave him her kidney. Oh, and wow. then he was like just drinking. Yeah, but he got drunk, and uh, and in his drunkenness, he goes, "Everyone, stay uh, stay here afterwards. I'm going to sign autographs for everyone." And the police in the in the in the theater were like what <laughs> like, like the security, like, uh no but he did he, because no one was leaving there were two thousand people there they were wow. not leaving until they got their autograph but uh yeah people love george Lopez. but actually he wasn't um he wasn't originally supposed to be uncle rudy that's true who was supposed he, to be the original if i'm not mistaken it was uh cheech cheech marin oh okay was supposed to be it's really interesting because if you look at his car in the beginning, they have a Cheech and Chong little uh, uh-huh. ornament on there and they yeah. zoom in on that. So it makes sense. I feel like uh, his character was kind of like uh, Cheech and Chong, like the same vibe. So I, I yeah, totally get much. that. I totally, totally get that. That's cool. Um, all right. So the Scarab takes over Jaime and takes some um, on a – you know, uh, I was a shopping spree of all his uh, little uh, gadgets and do doohickeys and a For little sure. test drive. Uh, I love how they take him up on top of the planet, which is a very like uh, Superman-ish, but on top of the globe where he just kind of looks and then turns off like just stands there. And then, you know, he's going through these buses and then just completely just trying to test drive his powers. It's the, it's the trophy. Like, like, look, Let's be real. This movie is tropey because it's an origin movie. All origin movies are tropey. There's only so many ways you can do origin movies, right? So obviously he has the whole I got to learn my powers uh, thing. And uh, I thought it was a funny bit. Uh, the thing with the car, with the with the douchebags that mm-hmm. the cars got destroyed. I thought I liked that. What were your thoughts on it? Uh, I think that they were going through the greatest hits of uh, Marvel origin movies. It was like, we're going to go see the curvature of the earth like Iron Man yep. does in, yep. the, in Iron Man 1. Uh, we're gonna chop a bus in half like Shang Chi. Yeah, we're going to. Um, uh, there was the one where he like falls all the way down to the water, yep. and like then he just like stops there. It was. It reminded me of uh, Homecoming, oh, uh, yeah. where Spider Man's suit is like, kind of doing whatever, and then like was it like Iron Man picks him up out of the water. Um, it was just chaos, like the like, greatest hits. And I think you're right. Like the the movie is tropey, and we have to also remember that this movie was originally supposed to come out on max actually on hbo ah, max very this true. was not supposed to be a theatrical movie this was supposed to be something we watched at home and yeah. i think it got the upgrade which probably gave it some budget for stuff like that sequence and probably the the third act of the movie but from a script standpoint like th- this was gonna be you know this was kind of supposed to be a color by numbers sort of origin movie and it was going to rely very much on the charm of the yes. family and it was going to rely and once again uh, George Lopez, the God, like it, there's a reason he's in every scene of this movie. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. when, whenever Jaime's out in his shenanigans, there's George Lopez with him because it was kind of like Ben, Ben Kingsley and Shang-Chi. It's like, no, no, no. You need to have him with you at all times because he's mm. one of the, you know, he's the funniest thing in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Okay. Yeah. Max said that it was developed for Max, but shot the, uh, theatrically. That's pretty cool. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, it's both to come out with the same as Batgirl. So it was around there, like that level. I, I totally get that. RIP. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. we, were, we were supposed to have, we were supposed to have Jaime Reyes, Latina Batgirl and Sasha Kaye Supergirl all oh bringing God. us into the new generation of DC. And I now know. it's like Jaime, Fingers crossed, Sasha Kaye gets to keep her job, but you know, I wouldn't be shocked if WB just severs all ties with anything associated with that movie. What what's really annoying me is that they're they would get rid of chances of getting rid of Blue Beetle and Sasha and Batgirl, but they won't cut ties with Gal Gadot. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Let's yeah. That's a whole other episode of this show. The, the, the lady who's like, I get that we're killing Palestinians, but we got to think about this, man. Maybe sometimes it's okay. Like the yeah. lady who said that, right? Just like, I mean, the, the you know, Wonder Woman eighty four. Like oh there God. are a few, there are a few movies that I'm like that I would actually go like that was offensive. And like Wonder Woman eighty four was like, wow, we're just like full on nineteen eighties Muslims are bad, huh? Like that's that's just what we're gonna do here. Like that's that's the that's the play, but it's okay because she saves 
two Muslim children while they're playing like soccer in the street or something like yeah, that. Yeah, with with bad CGI. Right. With... <laughs> Right. It, it, it's not the fact that she is doing a white savior. It's the fact that she's doing it with bad CGI. That's the part <laughs> that gets me. Like, at least give us something of quality. <laughs> oh, it looks, it, it looks like Gal uh, may have lied. She is not coming back. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, yes. All right. So l- let's go through this. Um, after he tests out his his suit and everything, uh, messes up his Jordans, shows up naked, <laughs> which is very inconvenient. <laughs> Homie's got to end up naked every time he transforms. They got to figure something out for him. You, you know, when we were talking about Secret Invasion, this came up. We were talking about like, do the scrolls are they just naked and they're changing clothes over? Like, are their yeah. clothes part of their disguise? And we said, yeah, they have to be naked because I have spoken. But uh, this this is the one movie that's like, oh, no, he's going to be naked every time. Every time he's out of that suit, yeah. he will wake up. Na- he's like a Terminator. He just he arises exactly. and he's naked. Yeah. yeah. And, and I saw Jenny take a peek, man. She. <laughs> I like his sister be like, cover that up. <laughs> yeah, so funny. I think I think his sister is like my favorite family member i loved her i thought she was great she was she was pretty funny i really like that all right so um all right jamie picks up jenny and she explains everything about the scarab and how the scarab had to choose jaime so he has been chosen right so it's kind of one of those things like it's not just an accident he is special so you know the scarab thinks something is special with him so i thought that was really cool uh but now they have to go and they have to break in to the factory to get a smartwatch <laughs> for for jenny yeah right and uh we see uh rudy uh jenny and jaime uh, break into uh core towers which is really really funny and then they replace all these security monitors with some 70s Mexican TV show. Do you did you get this reference cuz I did not? Okay, so this is one of those things where like I totally got the reference. I like I've seen I've seen this before. Yeah. I am not a fluent Spanish speaker, so like it was not like it was on I've seen it on at my grandma's house. It was not something that I like watched, but like la- I laughed along with it. It was like, "Oh, that's, you know, that this is funny." But it, yeah, it would it it what would it, what would even be the equivalent like for for like American English speaking audiences? I can't even I can't even think of like what that. Yeah, it's because it's like it would it wouldn't be like Scooby Doo. It's it's yeah. not. It's it's yeah. There's a more there's it's more culturally resonant, but I can't think of like a of an equivalent for for English speaking audiences. Okay. Uh, someone said, "Is it like uh, Gumby?" <laughs> I mean, like yeah, yeah. I guess because it's, it's stop motion animation, right? Uh, it was called uh, El Chaparron, El Chaparlin, Colorado, and it meant like red grasshopper. Yeah, Colorado uh, means color red. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So I looked that up, and I was like, okay, the red grasshopper. So I was like, oh, blue beetle, red grasshopper. Okay, cool, little reference. Yeah. I get that. That's pretty cool. Um, so I like that. Somebody says the problem with the uh, him not having uh, clothes every time he transformed might be because him and the kaiji are not in sync yet. So maybe once they're in sync, they won't burn his clothes off. Oh, I'm sure that they'll figure this. Yeah, I'm sure there will be a line of dialogue in the next yeah. the next time we see him that he'll be like, "So glad we figured out the clothesometer." <laughs> yes, <laughs> the clothesometer. <laughs> you know, the thing that 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 Jenny says that like they just kind of they take that information and then they don't do anything with it is like this is a world destroying weapon. Yeah. Like, uh, do we maybe like want to worry about? what this means if it's controlling it because at this point they think it's controlling Jaime you know like right I mean he's not in control of it so uh what what <laughs> it's, you have a world there's a reason that Green Lantern knocked it off course you know yeah, like yeah. it's it's potentially you know he's a walking I, even worse than an atom bomb like you know he's 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 yeah he is the full Barbenheimer it's not even Oppenheimer <laughs> he is the Barbenheimer <laughs> that's so funny um, all right, so that, that was really, really cool. Uh, so they steal a smartwatch and they ran into Carabax and they have their first fight with Carabax, uh, which I thought was really good. And then Jaime's like, wait, wait, don't kill him, don't kill him. <laughs> yeah, like I can't, like, you know, we don't kill here. So one of those, again, another superhero trope, we don't kill. So I think is 
you know, going pretty well. And then uh, they, they fight him. What do you think about that first fight scene? Uh, I got to say, like, I, it's the one thing that always, like, rubs me the wrong way in superhero movies. It's like, bro, you got to kill him. Like, <laughs> he's, he's trying to kill you. Like, and he's got a super-powered suit. Like, you have to kill him. Yeah. Um, but in terms of... I I could feel in the script the the kind of like thinness of getting the watch. Like even yeah. they're like that was really easy. <laughs> yeah, it's almost they almost needed to look at the screen and be like, that was weird. Um, but the the fight scene, like you you know, it's not going to go well. Like you know, he's you know he's got to get knocked down, right? And see the limitations and in so that he can do better later. Um, I kind of wish it wasn't a matchup like I I don't know. I kind of wish it was more fun in games than meeting the the final boss in the middle of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um like if Iron Man fought Iron Monger in the middle of in the middle of the movie, it'd be like, yeah, I, I mean, it's not quite the same as like fighting Iron Monger at the end. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, like I feel like in this case it kind of worked because they wanted to give the villain an arc too, right? Which we find out at right. the very end that he gets an arc. So, uh bringing him out at the very end, I, you don't have enough time to stay with the character to feel that arc. So, I, I don't mind that they did that. I did like how they um Uncle Rudy kind of saved him and then they got into the car and they go into uh their mansion apparently yeah. has been abandoned for for years, which uh it's been kept up pretty nicely and uh <laughs> it's really funny and uh you see a picture of ted cord like a painting like an oil painting and this is where a lot of people think that it was jason sudeikis mm-hmm. because it did look a lot like jason sudeikis i don't yes, know it if did. it was him but it did look a lot like him um so i thought that was funny uh and then they finally go into the beetle cave and uh uncle rudy is super excited about that and he's like you know Oh my God! Ted Cord was Blue Beetle. He's like the Flash, but not as cool. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, I love the connections to the to the greater universe that we get in this scene. Like the yeah. it's the whole Batman was a fascist uh, line, and, and that's all that. so funny. Yeah. I had to think about that. I was like, is Batman really a fascist? I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I buy that. I feel I mean, like Batman, like. He he beats up the guys, but then he leaves them for the cops. It's up to the cops to arrest them, right? Yeah, there are versions of Batman, like you know, um, where he's kind of like, especially like older Batman, where he's yeah. like, like, where he's like an old man, where he's almost like ruling Gotham by fear. <laughs> like yeah, it's, yeah, it's like like uh, is it Kingdom Come where that's like the the Batman drones going through the streets and like so there's like no crime because everyone's just deathly afraid of the bat drones. Which that is definitely one of the versions of Batman. Yeah, like he basically Me, makes like, Gotham a fascist state. Well, and I think of Batman. I my go to Batman is Batman the animated series. That's my oh, go to yeah. Batman, right? And that's the Batman that does like charity for the people. Like he'll beat up like the ventriloquist, but also hire him and give him a job, right? Or on in Wayne Tech, right? He does these kind of things, and like he'll never like be judge, jury, and executioner. He'll just like wrap up the criminal for you beat them up and then leave all the clues there for you yeah. to arrest him right and if you and if 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 Gotham decides to put him in jail that he can escape from that's on Gotham that's not on me <laughs> to me that's the opposite of a fascist but i can for see sure. some versions of him totally being a fascist so you know it depends on which version of batman we get right right we don't know what universe we're in for all we know <laughs> We could be in George Clooney's universe. For all yeah, we right, know. yeah, right. We have no idea. For all so we Val Kilmore, he's like, I stopped pulling my punches. <laughs> <laughs> I had one rule, but I broke it so many times. I'm terrible at rules. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Michael says older Batman definitely turned into uh, Clint Eastwood from Gran Torino. <laughs> he was just racist the whole time. <laughs> Oh man! All right, so yeah, they they're in this little batch cave or not bat cave, but like whatever beetle cave, beetle, <laughs> whatever. Beetle, it is. You know how beetles have caves? Yeah, I don't know what, what it is, right? Um, and they find their ship, which looks a lot like the owl ship from uh, Watchmen. Mm-hmm. You've watched the Watchmen, and then yeah. I, I learned that it was actually. Uh, Blue Beetle that inspired uh, Night Owl from right. the Watchmen. So that was really, really cool. Uh, so that was really cool that we got to see that. Um, 
I like the idea that Ted Cord that his tech works sometimes. Yeah. It, it automatically put like a limitation on everything where you're like, okay, they don't have like magic weapons. This right. is gonna sometimes not work. And that's yeah, yeah. It, and it's I mean it's also funny. Like it's a funny idea of like, oh, the thing I need to work is not working. Mm-hmm. But this other thing that is remarkable for having been built, you know, whatever, 20 years ago, like the the light glo- the power glove, the Nintendo power glove that yes. turns into like a, 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 a pimp hand. Like, that's amazing. I love that. Another Miss Marvel reference that I saw, the way the hand gets big, like in Big Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, another little Miss Marvel thing, which I thought was really, really cool. Um, yeah, I thought that was really, really fun. Um, let's see. Oh, this is one line where he goes like, He's like, oh, so it's an alien. And he turns about, I don't like the term alien. (laughs) (laughs) That was a fun little uh, joke from George Lopez. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. So there were some really cool moments where, like, you know, he decides that, like, they they realize they can't separate Jaime from the Scarab. Mm -hmm. And some of them are like, hey, it's cool, man. We get our own superhero. And he's kind of like, I don't really want to be a superhero, right? So, which is also a trope. <laughs> like, you know? Yes, yeah. It's almost like he's rejecting the call. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that is really, really funny. Um, but he finds out that, you know, uh, Victoria Cord is going after his family. So he jumps off the thing, uh, very much like Shazam, where Shazam in the first one jumps up into Shazam. Uh, but he knows that the beetle won't ever let him die. So he just jumps off and it has it complete. And then, boom, he goes off. Uh, this is where the movie gets super sad for me. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they did such a good job of really making it feel like an ice raid. Uh, the way they were just raiding in yeah. that person's house. Yeah. Um, uh, it was scary. And, you know, I don't know. That, that's something like, it's really hard for me to imagine. Like it's probably just terrifying. And then you see like the anxiety that his dad goes through at that time who has a bad heart. Um, These are real life things, man. This is like real life. Um, I'm so glad they put the scene in there. It was, it was a very important scene. Uh, And it definitely, yo, it, 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 it made me swell up a little bit. It made me like, cry it was pretty pretty hard to watch especially when 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 you realize the dad had passed away um what are your thoughts about that scene so yeah i think you're you're hitting on exactly what they were going for like it does feel like a a government raid of some sort into this especially because it's this community and and if i'm not mistaken this neighborhood like like these houses this is puerto rico where they shot this if i'm not mistaken um and like the, you know these little these little houses like it, it's not like like it everything feels like very very latino like it feels yeah. like this is this is a neighborhood of these people yeah, yeah that they're that they're just coming into this community and they're just doing whatever they want and they're going to let a man die yep. in the street um and they're just going to take a guy they're just going to take Jaime and and that's going to be okay like no no one's going to do anything about it uh it's terrifying and i mean mm. and you know we just we've lived through some terrifying times of our you know of our own where where i i mean like i know that i've seen like on neighborhood facebook pages or whatever especially in the, the prior administration being like hey there are ice raids going on mm-hmm. in this in this area so like get out of there like wow i would i yeah i've definitely you know passed those messages along you know we're like hey ice is is posted up on cicero and diversity so get out like get out of there stay away from yeah, yeah so like it 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 does ring true you know and, and it is that is a good example of using the superhero like milia to 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 point a finger at you know to hold a mirror up to society and say mm-hmm. this is something we do right it doesn't have to be super powered people this is something we do to people yeah yeah for sure man uh, so they take Jaime to Pogo Island, uh, I believe, which is supposed to be somewhere in Cuba, I think. I think mm. that's where that island is supposed to be. Uh, and they attach Jaime to this machine. Uh, and he goes into the spirit world where he kind of just like, you know, talks to his dad. And 
him and the Kaji or the Scarab finally get in tune with each other and they're ready to kick some butt. So he gets free. But while that's happening, Jenny and Nana and uh, what's called the mom and the sister are all getting together trying to find a way uh, to kind of get them out. Mm-hmm. So they go and they get this little owl copter thing and they're going to get him out. Um, at the same time, Jaime is getting powered up and he kind of breaks free of the thing that he was trapped in. Uh, shout out to uh, Sanchez, <laughs> whose name was not Sanchez, apparently, <laughs> who freed him. I, I, I like that <laughs> that scene where he was like, yo, I, I got to stick up for my peoples, man. <laughs> and he and he let I really thought he was going to make it. I thought he was going to make it. I, I was I was sure like you got Harvey Guillen to be in this movie. And then like I was for sure like, oh, he's going to be their like gadgets guy in the yeah. future of this franchise. And that just did not work out that way. Yeah. Someone said he was underutilized. He was underutilized, but he was he still was. the MVP though. He was still an MVP uh, in this yeah. scene. I really, really loved it. <laughs> My kids know him from a, a Nickelodeon show called the Thundermans, which is like a superhero sitcom for kids on Nickelodeon. And he plays oh, okay. like, he plays like the uncle and yeah. I forget what his superpower is, but he's like fabulously wealthy. He's like their rich uncle, but he's also got like superpowers. I oh, that's so cool. Is. Yeah, yeah. So they knew him from that. Uh, that's so, funny. Yeah. All right. That's really I like cool. The, I didn't know that. This is also the second movie that I saw in a row because the last movie I saw was Mutant Mayhem. Have you seen Mutant Mayhem? No, I have not seen that yet. Uh, okay. I, I won't like this. There is a similar plot point that okay. I'm just going to tell, like, I'll just give a hint to people out there milk and that's all i'm gonna say uh if you've seen mutant mayhem you know exactly what i'm talking about but it was like oh they're doing this interesting it's this it's the same plot point okay well, yeah. hopefully i'll watch it up and then i'll get that. oh you'll be like oh yeah um and also like this this island uh this looks like there's there is a fort so puerto rico is you know a spanish colony yeah um there there are forts on the on the on the coastlines mm-hmm. um the most like famous one is in uh san juan it's called el morro and it's um it i mean like this building looks exactly like it like it's got the same like kind of watchtower um edifice thing in the front and like that's like a symbol for puerto ricans like that like if you if you show anyone like that that window tower mm-hmm. of el morro they'd be like oh yeah like yeah puerto rico what puerto rico in the house um so it was cool to see that i was like oh yeah this is like i can tell this director is Puerto Rican because <laughs> mm-hmm. he's made some choices here. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's very cool. Um, all right. Then an entire fight breaks out. And this was one of the best parts of of the movie where they're just going through these caves and they're just like fighting people. Uh, we mentioned that the sister uh, had that in big in hand and she fights <laughs> people with it. Uh, the grandmother has a Gatling gun. <laughs> she just comes out. What she says, she says like a down with the imperialists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she goes full on like she's a, a zapatista, right? She like she fought in the what the Mexican Revolution. How old yeah. is she? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is this yeah. like a Magneto situation where like no matter what, she's just always going to be old enough to have fought in the Mexican Revolution? It's so funny. It's like uh, which it? Yeah, we don't talk about uh, what Nana did. <laughs> she, yeah, she was she was about that life, which yeah. is what Michael just said. Michael's like, yeah, Nana was about that. It was life. about that life. <laughs> you yeah, don't know how was, she played. That was very funny. Oh, man. That was really, really cool. Um, right, we also, uh, and then Carabax gets his, like, full power. Yeah. Uh, and he starts fighting, uh, and it becomes, like, a really, really tough fight. So that becomes really, really cool. What did you think of the final battle between Carabax and uh, Jaime? I mean, it reminded me a lot of of the end of Iron Man. You know, it's like, we're yeah. just going to fight. <laughs> she did. She fought with She Jay. fought with Jay. There you go. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, like it, it reminded me of the, the third act of Iron Man, um, where it's like Iron Man's going to fight a bigger, badder Iron Man, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, and, and that's, that's a class, you know, it's classic, but, um, I, I liked how the family was all part of it. They're yeah. all there. They're, they're all, they've all got their part and how, 
you know, right at the end as it looks like, you know, I think Carapax is even saying like, you don't deserve this power. Like I've got this power and I'm a grown man and I understand what to do with it. You don't know what to do with this power. And then uncle Rudy comes up from like out of nowhere and distracts him. Yeah. You know, like, and, and it's like, okay, the family's going to help. They're not just going to like happen to have been there. They're helping with this goal. Right. Um. Yeah. I, I thought, I I really I really like dug all of that. I liked the idea that um that he gets you know uh, Jaime gets free and yeah. he you know he goes to the ancestral plane because we got to hit all of the Marvel tropes. <laughs> he goes to the ancestral plane. he goes to the ancestral plane um and he sees his dad just like God just like all of them that's crazy um but he comes to terms with with the 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 scarab which I wish was a bigger conflict like i wish that they had like a fight a full-on like yeah you know live together kind of thing um so that this coming together moment feels a little deeper but it, you know whatever it is what it is but i like that yes they get together and he has his power up but in the meantime he's you know he's already given so much juice to the to to the bad guy that it's gonna yeah. be like you're not getting out that easy i i really dug that and i also loved the the bug when they're all like just taking out all of the guards like oh yeah it, yeah it goes into kill mode uh <laughs> little spider-man kill mode another trope <laughs> um yeah I, I i loved all of that i thought that was all great yeah um i do want to say uh w when we talked about the scarab having a little bit more of of a fight with jaime i think the thing that really did it was when the mom spoke not to Jaime she spoke to the scarab yeah. <laughs> when an immigrant mom talks to you I don't care if you're a scarab if you're a green lantern ring <laughs> if you're an iron man suit you're gonna do your job and then it was really really cool as soon as she did that the next time Jaime suits up uh the blue beetle responds in Spanish in which Spanish. I thought was so cool yeah. I love that that was so dope yeah, I yeah, it, it it becomes a character in that last yeah. like that last part of the movie. I wish it had been a character the whole time. Is all because it's kind of almost like it's it's got less personality than Jarvis yeah. most of the way, and then at the end it becomes like Miguel O'Hara's um, you know AI. Yeah, <laughs> in, in, you know for the last part, I wish it was just that the whole time. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally get it. Uh, something else that I want to talk about. We talked about how Carapac being a product of the Reagan era contra training worked for me. I totally agree with that, Michael. Um, not yeah. only did I think that was really, really well done and really gave us like uh, a little bit of sympathy for the main villain. And I love the way where like he, once he gets his memory back, he kind of just like, you know, changes his mind and doesn't fight Jaime anymore. Uh those were actually neat, real news footage that they used in his flashbacks. Those are wow. real events that happened that the director used. They weren't made for the show. They took them from real news footage. I mean, I definitely flash. knew. I definitely knew School of the Americas, which they name dropped a few times. Yeah, and they, they made sure, like, they made sure to say School of the Americas more than a few times, so that hopefully people got out of the theater. I was like, I wonder if that's even a thing. And then like, yeah. Google the Americas. Because yeah, like that, it's a very real thing, and it's totally fucked up. Like yeah, um, and yeah, like when I was in high school, I know that I went to a Jesuit high school, so the um the priests were all Jesuits, and they're all very big on social justice. And there would they arranged for protests at the School of the Americas. Like there was like, hey, we're all gonna, there's going to be a trip. Make sure you get your you know your parent to sign your permission. Yeah, slip. yeah. <laughs> Protest the School of the Americas. Spring break or whatever. And I know like um uh Martin Sheen has been arrested a few times protesting at the School of the Americas. Oh wow. Uh, it's it's a real thing. And so when they name dropped it, I was actually surprised and it it led me to believe like, oh, we're never gonna get like US military equipment in any of these movies. It's always gonna look like high tech, uh, you know, metal yeah, yeah. because the, the military is never gonna allow um a movie that's name dropping things like this, you know, mm -hmm. this, they're never going to let them use like fighter jets and, and tanks and whatnot. Yeah. The military, military industry complex has their, their hooks in a lot of these movies. So yeah, yeah I'm not surprised there. Um, all right. So, you know, um, what happens is Carabax decides to self-destruct and Jaime has a, uh, I don't, 
I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you moment <laughs> like <laughs> from Batman. It's like, all right, I'm out. And then she apparently dies. Um, and then Jenny is like not too shaken up over it. She's like, all right, well, good. Now I take over <laughs> Court Industries. Uh, I'm going to put things back the way they were. And I'm going to buy the Reyes back their house and fix their house and stuff. Uh, which I thought was a cool moment. Like all the families came out to the little funeral barbecue or whatever they were yeah. doing. Yeah. I thought that was really, really uh, cool. I like that. And then Jaime gets the girl and they go off. What are your thoughts about that ending? Okay. Did you not think like she's going to invite them to live in her giant empty mansion? Like <laughs> I was like, you guys have ju- like she, they literally just brought her in for the group hug when they because yeah. you know, because that's also a great moment. Like you know, dad dies and grandma's like, we need to cry, but not right now. Right yeah. now, we've got other stuff to do. Like and so you know, this is her military. Like this is her Yay. revolution. You know, kicking in and they go and do their stuff. And as soon as they're successful, all right, now we can cry. And they cry mm-hmm. together and they bring her in, even though they had been kind of outcasting her the whole movie because it's her. Everything is her fault. Yeah. They bring her in. And so she's part of the family. And so I fully expected like, oh, yeah, this is like, you know, this is Chekhov's empty house. You know, like they, they've, destroyed, <laughs> yeah. they've destroyed this house. This house is huge and free. Yeah. And it's, you know, like it would be an upgrade. And we know that there's a superhero layer and he's a superhero. Like, right. But no, apparently, like they're just gonna they're gonna take it real slow, and they're just like not gonna. She's not gonna move in. Yeah, yeah. Michael said they went from gentrification to gentrification. To, to, ent- to entification. <laughs> entification. Entification. I love it. That's funny. You funny. gotta have you gotta have Michael on. Shout out to Mike. This is yeah. MTF from the, yeah. This is MTF from the Racial Draft podcast, and Jazz and I are both players in the Racial Draft podcast. All right, we gotta get him on. Yeah. I'm gonna try to get him on for something. You gotta get this guy. He's 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 a star. I love he's Mike. He's hilarious. He's been on like the last three episodes, and yeah. he's, he's been he's, awesome. He's amazing. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come back, talk about the post credit scene, and talk about some Easter eggs and some of our other favorite scenes from this movie, and then we'll wrap up the show. So we'll be right back after these messages. And we're back. All right, guys, listen. This movie, we just went through the whole thing. Uh, some of our favorite parts. I want to go through... The end credits. So the end credits, basically, there's two end credits. One, we, we see the return of the the red grasshopper. <laughs> he shows back up, which is like a little fun little uh, end credit scene. So it's um, interesting though, like because because he's he's a live action character, like in yeah. in in our universe, like yes, it's a little old man in a red like suit. Um, so yeah, it's it, so it's in, it's interesting that he shows up as like a like a claymation. Yeah, only yeah, it's, it was interesting. That is funny. Um, all right. So uh, the other post credit scene, uh, we see Ted Kord saying, hey, I'm here. Whoever turned this on, let my daughter know I'm here. What do you think that has to do with the future? Well, I clearly he's in the quantum realm because we need to hit <laughs> all of the Marvel. There's uh, a lot of Ant-Man stuff in this movie, like yeah. killing the suit, a bug suit, uh, falling in love with the daughter of the guy who made the suit. Yep. <laughs> it's just like all of this stuff. There's a lot of Ant-Man references in here. Yeah, a, a crazy Mexican character. You know, like, <laughs> um, yeah, it's... Uh, I, I, so clearly when they were hinting at Ted Cord the entire movie, you just knew like the, okay, one of these end credit scenes is going to be about Ted Cord. Right. Um, and as soon as like, they're looking, as soon as they get to her house, I'm looking all around me like, all right, show me Jason Sudeikis. Like I yeah. fully expected it to be a full on Jason Sudeikis reveal. Yeah. Um, what do I think going forward? Honestly, I, I, I don't know because I don't know the state of DC, yeah. but I really hope, that they're leaning in on Blue Beetle, uh, you know, the the whole, f- the Blue Beetle family um, mm-hmm. and having Ted Cord there and bringing in then Booster Gold. Like, I, I'm here for it. Like, I would love, give me Jason Sudeikis as Blue Beetle and Will Forte as, as uh, Booster Gold. And I'm in, like, I would watch that all day. There are rumors of a Booster Gold show in development, so that might not be far off. Uh, oh, but here's my here's my theory. I don't think 
you're stuck in the quantum realm, I think <laughs> they might actually be stuck in the future. They might and that's be. where he's going to meet Booster Gold, and Booster Gold and Ted are going to be uh, in the future fighting crime, whatever, and then coming back to see their daughter. I think yeah, I, th- that's I think really that's exactly. Happen. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I I think he had some. He was well. See, I think he had some hijinks with Booster Gold. Yeah, and they got stuck in the like they he knew him here. And they yep. got stuck in the future. Like that's that's what I think. I'm interested too to see like is, is there any tie to like is Jenny's mom someone like was she a superhero as well? Yeah, like could um, be. We don't know. Yeah, there there are Brazilian DC superheroes. You know, so that like, is true. Yeah, that is true. I actually just drafted one in the racial draft podcast. So <laughs> I drafted a uh, Beatrice uh, Beatrice Costa, otherwise known as Fire of Fire uh-huh. and Ice. So oh, cool! Yeah. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. The other theory is that he went to space, and he is captured by the Reach. I mean, this this is kind of the beauty of it. Like you can go anywhere. It could be anything. Yeah. Um. I I kind of I kind of hope they keep it. <laughs> I just I really just want to see Will Forte as Booster Gold. That's, yeah, yeah, I want to see Will Forte and Jason Sudeikis make a movie together. Um, but yeah, I think that I'm happy that James Gunn is going to be deciding what's going on with this. Yeah, you know, so it's not like he's been captured by Dark Side and now he must kill Dark Side <laughs> or, or be killed by Dark Side. Yeah, or be <laughs> killed by Dark Side in the first five minutes of the movie. Like yeah. R.I.P. Jimmy Olsen. You know, like I'm oh glad that God. it's James Gunn making this decision. Yeah. yeah. All right. Because I think he would work. I think he I think James Gunn, if I was giving a um a blue beetle to James Gunn to play with, it would mm-hmm. be it would be Ted Cord. It would not, you know, like I would be like play with this guy. He's he's a he's a mismatched toy. You know, have fun with this one. Yeah, so I, I I hope that he's making, I hope that he's thinking of including everything that happened in this film into the the canon of the new universe. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Um, I let's talk about some fun Easter eggs because okay. there were there were a few Easter eggs, and we talked about a lot of them uh, already. Sometimes you know we just talk about them while we're talking. My favorite um, Easter egg was uh, that the only building I could spot in Palmyra City was the Ally Bank. Ah, uh, Ally. <laughs> It was really? Ally, Ally Bank paid good money for product placement. It's like that's the only, so yeah, funny. It's the only product that I fully recognize. I was like, I know Ally Bank. I bank yeah. with Ally Bank. Yeah, that's so funny. Well, speaking of the of the buildings, there were two more buildings that I recognized. One was Ace Chemicals, yes, which is where uh, the Joker <laughs> gets his like you know powers from or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and LexCorp, there was a LexCorp building there too. Yeah, so we got two. Uh, references which i thought were really cool yeah that's gonna be one that like this movie's gonna i feel like this is gonna be one of those it's like it's on tnt all the time you know yeah. like, don't you feel like it's just gonna be one of those that's on repeat on a sunday yeah. and i'm just gonna yeah pause it and be like all right read the skyline what does it say like you know what's what's in there yeah um and then when we see jaime for the first time he have a black uh graduation cap on with the yellow tassel and that's because he graduated from gotham university so he was in gotham studying pre-law uh yeah he's got a gotham uh yeah a gotham u hoodie yeah I-, I wonder if harvey dent with one of his like teachers or something oh. like, <laughs> that'd be really interesting right yeah i one was thinking classes. i was thinking uh i wonder if dick grayson was one of his classmates Mm. Like that would be that'd be kind of cool to see like a team up you know if you're going yeah. tight to do titans in the future i yeah. wouldn't mind i wouldn't mind that at all yeah michael just mentioned the comments i could see jaime hanging out with uh team titans type team yeah i mm-hmm. totally could see that for sure yep. uh some other cool easter eggs uh, when the newspapers were talking about ted cord and stuff one of the papers was the daily planet Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, it was the Daily Planet. And it was like uh, Ted Core. Oh, no, it was like Blue Beetle fights Fire Fist, which is like a random bad guy, which I thought (laughs) was pretty, pretty cool. Um, Also, the mom, the grandmother, is watching a Spanish TV show, and there's a golden scarab in there. And that's from a movie called Kronos by Guillermo del Toro. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, and it's about like a scarab that like attacks uh, people or something. I don't know. Uh, That's interesting. Another cool reference, 
the burger case that she puts the scarab in is Big Belly Burger. And it's a very popular burger chain in DC Comics. We've also seen it mentioned many, many times in the Arrowverse on uh, Flash and Arrow and uh, Legends of Tomorrow. It gets mentioned quite a bit. So Big Belly Burger <laughs> gets a cool mention. It's been a minute. I, I checked out of the... I only I only watched uh, The Flash and... Um... Uh, I didn't watch Arrow. I didn't watch Legends of Tomorrow. What was the other one? Supergirl? Uh, uh, I did watch Supergirl. I watched uh, Black Lightning. Black Lightning, uh, okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's, but it's been a minute. I didn't I didn't finish any of it. I, I don't, uh, okay. I don't know how the Flash ends. Does he run? Does he keep yeah, running? Yeah, yeah, he keeps running. That, that's the ending. Uh, it's... I've watched it all. I, I don't recommend watching it all, but like <laughs> I would recommend watching the crossovers. The crossovers are pretty cool. Yeah. I, the, the one that was like the crisis on infinite earths was like, uh, yeah. where, where they bring back like the reporter from Batman 89. I was like, yeah. wow, that's crazy. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, all right. So um, let's see. Oh, the voice of the scarab is Becky G. Yeah. That yeah. was really cool. Cool little Yeah, which thing. is again like why wasn't like I just wish she was more of a character in the first two thirds of this movie. Yeah, like, yeah. Let her play. Also, we talked about the uh the red grasshopper. Um, did you know that the red grasshopper from this uh reference at the end of the credits or whatever this show is, it's actually what inspired the Bumblebee man from The Simpsons. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Betsy, that's a reference that, like every again, like every Latino see, saw The Simpsons and was like, "Yeah, I know what they're referencing here." Dude, yeah. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had no idea. It's so wild. That's yeah. that's bizarre. And the last Easter egg, uh, the director says there were some Oreos left on the counter, and the Oreos are an Easter egg. And apparently, Oreos are their favorite food or snack. Of green, uh, the Martian, the Martian Manhunter. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it's supposed to signify that Martian Manhunter and Ted Court have gone on some adventures. Okay, I like that. Yeah, yeah. So these so, are some cool Easter eggs. For now we need James Gunn to be like, and actually, this character was Martian Manhunter the whole time. The whole time, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would be really cool. I wouldn't be mad at that. <laughs> I mean, that's what Zack Snyder did. He was like, yeah, and yeah. Harry Lennox was a uh, totally Martian Manhunter um, because yeah, yeah. I said so. So let me make my movie. That's so funny. <laughs> uh, I would totally believe it. But yes, that's the end of the Easter egg. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Carlos, let people know where they can find you. I am uh, at Carlos Freitas Jr. on Twitter, X, Twix, whatever we're calling it these days. Um, and you can find my writing on agentsoffandom.com. We're a wonderful group of uh, a merry band of thieves. I don't know what I was going with that. Like We're just, we're just good people who write stuff about comics and stuff. Um, and you can also find me uh, generally winning the Racial Draft podcast. Uh, MTF uh, runs it, so I'm not stepping on any toes here. He's the commish, but I, I win a lot, so, so oh, I'm a... Yeah pretty big deal around those parts so. all right all right very cool and also a special shout out to mtf for joining us in the comments derpy entertainment for joining us in the comments uh love you guys appreciate you guys bringing in all the all the jokes and all the comments uh definitely makes it uh a lot more fun and lively and also you know uh, one more shout out to jazz you know uh send him some good vibes he's he's going through it um uh, and, you know, hopefully we'll have him back on when he's feeling a little bit better. But until next time, guys, salam, nerds. <laughs>